In today's episode of Locked On Pelicans, could Jackson Hayes eventually be a starter for the team this year? Let's get into it in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcast, plus available on YouTube, free and five days a week for you all. No paywall, anything like that, just Pelicans talk or video, depending if you're watching on YouTube, all the time covering the biggest topics you want to know about this team. And I've got a fun one today. Today's show is inspired by Josh Lloyd of Locked On Fantasy Basketball. I did an episode with him yesterday on the Locked On Fantasy Basketball show where we talked a lot about Jackson Hayes, some of the other players, and he asked me a really interesting question that I hadn't thought about just yet. And that was, could Jackson Hayes start as soon as this year? Could he start maybe not right off the bat, but eventually over Jonas Valanciunas. And that's a topic that I want to get into in today's show because I actually think there's a greater chance that that could happen than maybe people are expecting. So we're going to cover why he might end up starting over Valanciunas and what he brings to the team that Valanciunas, who's a very productive player, doesn't bring. And that's why I think this is kind of interesting because despite being a productive player in Valanciunas, I don't know if he compliments Zion Williamson all that well. And I'll explain why in today's show. But don't forget on the Wednesday edition of Lockdown NBA, it's small market versus big market. I co-host of the Lockdown Pelicans podcast with John Krause, who hosts Locked On Celtics for a look at the NBA week from all angles. So follow the Locked On NBA podcast today on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. We did a hot take episode, just us doing hot takes. It's pretty fun. He's got one about LeBron James being washed. I have one about why Ben Simmons is still good. I also threw an interesting one in there at the end about the MVP race and why I think it could be Paul George. But today we're talking Pelicans, Jackson Hayes, and Jonas Valanciunas. So first and foremost, I do not know what the police situation with Jackson Hayes is going to end up being. I'm not going to get into that because there's no point in speculating on this. The videos are without a doubt appalling, but they haven't pulled the charges back from Jackson Hayes just yet. I don't know how this is going to play out. I'm not expecting really anything to happen. It feels like this is something that's just going to go away. And I don't think it's going to impact Hayes's playing time or anything like that. You know, he's got time before training camp starts to do whatever he needs to do. He's probably been working out, doing all the things he needs to do. This is just something kind of ongoing in the background right now. And hopefully he's okay. I don't know how that's going to play out. I get asked this daily. I don't know anything. I'm not going to get into anything with that either on what should or shouldn't happen. I think this is going to end up just going away and not being a thing that's going to loom over him all season long or where he'll be suspended or or in jail or anything like that. Like nothing bad seems like this is going to happen for Jackson Hayes moving forward. It's been bad enough and the way he was treated was pretty terribly. So all of that out of the way, not going to go into that any anymore. 
I think this is a guy that comes into the season as the clear backup center. But he was a guy that had they kept Steven Adams or dumped Steven Adams, and this is what I told Josh, I said, you know, if they had moved Steven Adams just to get off of his contract, I could have seen them rolling with Jackson Hayes to start the year as their starting center. He's not ready for it on game one. It seems like something that he would be ready for maybe halfway through this coming season. He was really good last year, I thought particularly to end the season. After that early benching, he really responded to that and then played his butt off and was really good. Finished averaging seven and a half points per game on 4.3 rebounds and just being a bit of a rim protector, being a vertical spacing threat. And that's going to be a big theme of today's show. He was good. I liked everything he did pretty much after that. And he's showing off a three-point shot that I kind of trust. Stepping into that three-pointer with confidence. He shot and this is on like no attempts, right? Basically no attempts. 43% last season on 14 total threes he took. He was six of 14. Stepped into those with confidence. And when you look at, and we'll get into this probably in the third segment of why I think he's a better pairing next to Zion Williamson, that three-point shot's going to be a big, important part of it, and if it's got continued development um, going into this year, because I think that can be a real threat, a real tool, and makes him a better fit next to Valanciunas. A lot of people have been, have been responding in the YouTube comments when I talk about Valanciunas, how I don't think he's a huge upgrade over Steven Adams, and I still don't. He's a productive player, right? And his numbers last year look really good. Good. He averaged, where Where are they? Hold on, I just had him. 17 points per game, 12 and a half rebounds, and hey, he shot 37% from three. He took 57 of them. He was 21 of 57. So all of those show that he's a productive player. You know, he, he burned New Orleans, right? But this guy averaged 17 points on 12 shot attempts. It's pretty good efficiency. He's not going to have that kind of role here, and that's something that I think people are missing. He's not going to be the same kind of player here in terms of usage. We're going to end this segment on this number, and it's that usage rate. He had a really, really high usage rate last year. Usage rate basically determines the percentage of a team's plays used by this guy when they're on the court. He had a usage rate of 22.4. So basically, he used up 22.4% of all the possessions for the Memphis Grizzlies when he was on the court. So about a quarter, right? Quarter of the time they were getting the ball, he was turning it over, shooting or going to the line, doing something like that. That's not going to fly here in New Orleans. Zion had a usage rate of 30% last season. Brandon Ingram was at 28%. When he was on the court, Nikhil Alexander was at 23.2. You're going to tell me that Jonas Valanciunas had a higher usage rate than Lonzo Ball at 20.5 and you want him doing that? You don't. You don't want him taking a lot of shot attempts. And if he's leading the team in scoring or having a very high usage rate, something's gone very, very wrong for New Orleans. It's your fourth or fifth guy at best. And that's if he doesn't create issues for Zion Williamson, because I think he could. Yeah, that three-point shot he has is nice, but I look at it differently than what I look at Jackson Hayes being capable of doing. So let's get into that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by the Sweat Block Anti-Perspirant Wipes. Sweating sucks. It's still very hot out, especially for us here in New Orleans and the rest of the South. It's not fall just yet. You just hate to deal with excessive 
sweating. Whether you're outside just trying to enjoy the day, you're in a boardroom giving a presentation or God forbid on a first date, the last thing you want to worry about is looking at your pits and wondering if they can see your sweat stains through your shirt. It's unfun. It takes you out of the moment. It doesn't help you focus on whatever you're doing. It probably kills your confidence too. And that's where the sweat block antiperspirant wipes come in. They're stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. It's really simple. You put it on at night before you go to bed, you wake up, clean yourself up, and you just go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. They're doctor created, doctor recommended. They work for seven days. You don't need to worry about sweating profusely for seven days after you use these things. Plus, they have the dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's really that simple. There's no reason not to give them a try. And you can do it using the Locked On promo code. Again, that is promo code Locked On, and you can get them for 20% off over at sweatblock.com. You can also get them at Amazon or CVS. You don't need to do it. Get it directly from them. Save 20% over at sweatblock.com, but only when you use promo code Locked On. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is also brought to you by Direct TV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your buddies, girlfriends login for any other good stuff. It's just too much going on there. You're going to have the wrong remotes. It's annoying. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment you love without the hassle. And it's a great way to finally get your TV all together. And it's called Direct TV Stream. It brings you live TV on demand favorites like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And that means no more juggling multiple remotes, no more needing to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Terms and conditions apply. Plus content varies by package. All right, we're talking on today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Well, I think Jackson Hayes might be able to start, not in game one, but yes, by the middle of the season, I think there's a very realistic possibility that it is. I'm not super duper high on Valanciunas coming in and giving the Pelicans 17 points, 16 points, 15 points. I think he's going to have a backseat to all of these other guys that they want to get the ball to and to let them lead the team. So it comes to a couple of things here. So one, why this might happen is not because Valanciunas isn't a productive player, but because of David Griffin. We know the level of control that he's going to have over this roster, over the rotations, over their play style. In a way that Stan Van Gundy wouldn't let him do, but in a way that he wants. And you can be sure that Willie Green was hired understanding the level of control that David Griffin is going to have in this. We heard the report that he wanted Stan Van Gundy, and I don't know how much this was true, to start Kyra Lewis Jr. and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. If he wants that, he wants a youth movement, which means Jackson Hayes playing because he invested a top 10 pick, eighth overall in Jackson Hayes. So even if Valanciunas is a productive player, I don't think that that's the long-term guy that David Griffin looks at with this team. I think he looks at Jackson Hayes' long-term center, and that's how I view Jackson Hayes. I think he's a really good fit next to Zion. So you may as well get that guy into the starting lineup now and maybe put a better fit out there on the court. Valanciunas isn't expiring. I don't think they're thinking about bringing him back next year and re-signing him. This is like the first trade where Griff didn't extend the guy. That kind of says something to a degree, I think. 
So I look at this and I don't see Valanciunas as a long-term piece. And I think that means maybe midway through the season, they want to go with the long-term guy, especially if he's progressed and played well in his bench role, which is what it'll look like it'll be when he starts the year. But more than that, I, I don't know if Valanciunas is the right fit next to Zion Williamson. Before anything else, dude's not a court spacer. We're not going to pretend that he's a court spacer just because he took 57 threes last year and shot them at a decent percentage. And even though he took a good amount of threes the year before and shot those at a decent percentage, he's not a court spacer. You're not a court spacer when you average less than one three attempt per game. I don't care what your percentage is. It's about percentage and volume. Plus, his shot is so slow. His defender could go run up the stands, take a pee break, and get back on the court before Valanciunas finished shooting that. No one's going to guard him on the perimeter, which means he's not a court spacer next to Zion Williamson. So that fit right there, I don't think is a thing. The other thing is he's not a vertical spacing threat. And we're going to talk about this more in the next segment when we talk about Jackson Hayes. But vertical spacing is a form of spacing for non-shooters. But that's not what Valanciunas is. That's not what Valanciunas is at all. When he's in the dunker spot, he's not a lob threat. He's a guy you have to dump the ball off to, right? Like that kind of like, here you go. I'm driving. Guy rotated over. You're right there. I'm going to kind of just toss you the ball. Then you go up and score. He can do that. Totally. And he's got a bit of a mid-range to him. Short mid-range, like six-foot mid-range. But he's not a vertical spacing threat. With the way teams defend Zion and how many guys they put around the basket, basically walling it off for him, you can't make that dump-off pass if you're point Zion as effectively as you would be able to get the ball to a vertical spacing threat. That means it's going to lead to a lot of turnovers. That's why Steven Adams had such a low usage rate. And by the way, we talked about usage rate and forgot to mention the centers. Steven Adams last season, his usage rate, 11.7. He wasn't really an offensive threat whatsoever, of course. Jackson Hayes was 16.2. Billy Hernan Gomez was at 17%. That's 5% less than what a guy like Valanciunas was doing. And those guys were more at least in terms of Hayes and and, uh, Billy Hernan Gomez, more with second units a lot of the time, kind of being the go-to guys or when guys were out injured in um, Billy's case. So I don't think you want the center on this team having a high usage rate at all. So I don't see him being that dump-off threat that a lot of people are. I don't see them getting the ball to him and feeding him. Uh, That worries me. If he's under the basket and they know Zion's not going to be able to make that pass to him, they're not going to cover him, and they're just going to send the other guy at Zion. And Zion hasn't proven he can make those kind of crazy wraparound passes and things like that just yet. Maybe he breaks it out the season. That would be awesome. But he hasn't shown that yet. So I do not think that Valanciunas is, he's a better scorer than Adams. He's a better player than Adams, yes. But is he a significantly better fit next to Zion than Adams is? No. If you don't have Zion, yeah, put Valanciunas out there and feed him. And in theory, I actually kind of like the idea of Valanciunas, the second unit, feasting on teams when you can use him in that high usage role and let him just go to work and do his thing. But when Zion and B.I. are out there on the court, I'm not thrilled about it. And that's part of the reason why I'm a little bit low on that acquisition. It's a one-year rental. They're just going to kind of use him in ways they need him, but he's not really part of the long-term future. But Jackson Hayes is. And there's differences in Hayes' game compared to Valanciunas' game that I think are going to be really key. And let's get into that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans of why I could see Jackson Hayes starting at 
I don't know, mid-season towards the end of next season. I think that's a realistic possibility. But before we get to that, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there on the market. You're going to think you're eating a candy bar, except these things are good for you. I love the mint brownie flavor, the double chocolate, the salted caramel. I just ordered the strawberry to kind of mix it up, get more of a fruit flavor in there. Awesome. It's like strawberries and chocolate. Who doesn't love something like that? And not only are they the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories, between 130 and 180, four to five grams sugar, four to, four to five grams net carbs. That's it. Compare them to the protein bars you use right now. These are going to be healthier for you and they're going to be better tasting. It's exactly what you want. So give them a try and go to built.com. Use promo code locked 15 for 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code locked 15 for 15% off over at built.com. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is also brought to you by betonline.ag. It's that time of year again, and football is back starting tomorrow. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get up-to-date odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. Open now over at betonline.ag. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus when you use promo code locked on. You put in a hundred bucks, you get a hundred bucks. You put in a thousand dollars, they're going to give you a thousand dollars. Plus be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, the game tomorrow. Make a bet on the opener between the Bucks and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager is refunded. You got nothing to lose by doing it, up to $25, and for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. So BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, from basketball, football, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Over at BetOnline.ag, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, could Jackson Hayes start for the Pelicans at some point next season? I've given you two reasons why already without even getting to Jackson Hayes. One, he's younger. David Griffin might just want him to do it, and that means Willie Green is going to start him. Plus, Valanciunas isn't a long-term piece, and I don't know if he fits exactly well with the starters long-term, but I think he could really thrive as almost like a six-man off the bench where you build a second unit around him and let him just pound teams to dirt, and that is something that he's absolutely capable of doing. But he needs the ball in his hands, and he's not going to get it that much with Zion and Brandon Ingram and probably Nikhil out there, plus Devontae Graham bombing threes, right? I think he's better suited for a bench role. I also, again, think the fit's a really big thing, but Jackson Hayes does fit next to Zion. And even going into that draft, when I did a mock trade of Anthony Davis, I ended up drafting Jackson Hayes for the Pelicans. Turns out it happened in real life, just picks earlier than I was expecting. Jackson Hayes has kind of shown that he's the type of five that could start alongside Zion Williamson. First and foremost, spacing. One, he shot three ball, 5% of his shots last year. Stepped into them with confidence and it was clear it was something that he had been working on with his coaches. I expect that number to jump from 5% of his shots being three to probably 15% of his shots being three. It's double, by the way, the amount that Valanciunas takes. 15% of his shots being threes I think is going to be a real thing for Jackson Hayes next year. Spacing right there. They won't guard him yet, but at least it's kind of adding more to his game that eventually makes him that court spacer. But he is a vertical spacing threat. So we talked about how Valanciunas operates in the dunker spot. Isn't that kind of lob threat as much? Jackson Hayes is. Jackson Hayes wants to leap over the, the damn uh, backboard if he could. 
When Zion's driving down low, he doesn't need to worry about a pass through traffic, through arms, through the three or four guys guarding the rim. He lobs the ball over those guys to Jackson Hayes' waiting arms, who just slams it down. Vertical spacing. You actually need to body up a guy like that because when he jumps, you've got to jump to try and tip that ball away. Except Jackson Hayes is going to outleap that guy. That's vertical spacing and it keeps a guy from rotating onto Zion. Valchunas' guy is going to rotate to Zion and they're going to hope that they can stop Zion from making the pass. And given the way I've seen the spacing under the rim when Zion drives this past season, it might work. He's not great at those dump offs right there. But Jackson Hayes, you don't need to dump it off. You lob it over. It's really big. Like That's a really big underrated aspect to his game. That leap ability and that vertical spacing in a way that no other guy on this roster is. The Zion to Hayes lob could be something that is so awesome and near undefendable, uh, I think, for New Orleans this coming year. So they can be really good with that. And I think that's why he's a better fit out there on the court. He doesn't need to be a high usage guy, right? You don't need to get him the ball. He doesn't need to play with his back to the basket and post up. Be a lob threat. Be a rim runner in a way that Valanciunas isn't. And it gives him a lower usage rate, meaning the ball can stay in the hands of Zion Williamson and these other guys while he's still being an active threat out there on the court. That's what they're looking for. Right? That's what they need. And if Valanciunas isn't the long-term piece, it kind of makes sense that maybe you just want to get Jackson Hayes that experience, particularly if the team is kind of clicking early on and they're feeling really good and Jackson Hayes has done well in the reserve role. And then you elevate him to a starter when he's proven it. He's not ready for the start of the year, but I've long thought that about halfway through this coming year is when it looks like he could be a starter. I'm actually higher on him and his prospects in the NBA than I am on Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Because I think his fit next to Zion makes him kind of the perfect, you know, five for 2021, 2022 and the future of the NBA, that, that leap ability, the freak athlete, a guy that can do all of that. Um, so I'm high on his prospects and I think, I don't know if this will end up happening. They might just go, Hey, we're winning games. Let's not rock the boat. Let's not mess with the starting lineup. Right. And keep Valanciunas in there the whole season. And it wouldn't surprise me at all. But also because they clearly want these young guys to take a step forward and to start being the starring guys for this team, I could see Jackson Hayes stepping in there. Plus, that's not even getting into the defense, right? Like he looked good as a rim protector last season. His shot blocking is really impressive and he's shown the ability to be a deterrent at the rim, block guys from behind, from the front, from the side, from all angles. The only issue, the only issue is his rebounding. It's not really where you'd like it to be. His rebounding numbers haven't been great out there on the court. I think that can come in time. That can come with a better role. But Josh Hart had a higher rebounding rate than him. So did Steven Adams by a good bit. So did Billy Hernan Gomez. And with Zion not being the greatest rebounder, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, that's going to be a big problem. Actually, Nicolo Melli was a better defensive rebounder than Jackson Hayes. So was Najee Marshall. So if you don't have enough defensive rebounding out there, depending on what the starting lineup is, I don't know if you can actually start Jackson Hayes just yet, but maybe given the increased role, that's something that he'd be capable of doing. But that'd be my one concern with that. So let me know what you think in the comments down below if you're watching on YouTube. Could Jackson Hayes be a starter next season? Do you think he should be a starter at some point next season? Or is he maybe just still a year away or maybe never a starter in your mind? And that's going to do it for the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA. And look, betting on the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, I'm your host, 
host Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on the Lockdown Pelicans podcast, free and five days a week for y'all. So please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe on YouTube. Tell a friend about the show as well. And as always, I'll be back with you all tomorrow.